the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. A couple minutes after 4, you're tuned into the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast calling for a cloudy rest of the evening and overnight. Still more showers and thunder showers in spots. Low of 62. Eventually tomorrow, the clouds should clear. We may get some sun by the afternoon. And the high of 80 for tomorrow. Phil's lost 4-3 to Cincinnati yesterday. They are home tonight against Arizona, starting a series with the Diamondbacks at 7:05. Jared Eikhoff uh, on the mound. 65 games into the year. Phillies are in first place. Game ahead of the Atlanta Braves. NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Boston 5-1 over St. Louis yesterday. That series now tied up at three games apiece. The deciding Game 7 at Boston this Wednesday at 8. Another potential clincher happening tonight in hoops. The NBA Finals, Golden State at Toronto. Golden State trails at three games to one. Nine o'clock tip. Quite a storyline unfolding there. It looks like Kevin Durant of the Warriors is going to try and play. He's been injured for a while and... I guess this, uh, you know, brings things into focus. If they lose tonight, the season's done. You have plenty of time to rest. And so perhaps that's factoring into him coming back tonight. The Eagles have mandatory minicamp starting tomorrow. Looks like safety Malcolm Jenkins is going to be in attendance. There had been maybe some question about whether that would be true or not. He has a couple of years left on his current deal, which uh, is a good wage, but only around the ninth at his position in the league. And considering he has made the Pro Bowl several of the last four years, it's conceivable. I guess there's been some thinking he may want to hold out to see if the, the Eagles would sweeten the pot a bit. This hour, we're excited to have a couple of very special guests. Speaking of sports, in just a couple of moments, we have Ron Swoboda, former major leaguer, also current broadcaster of the New Orleans Baby Cakes. I love that name. He has a new book called Here's the Catch, a memoir of the Miracle Mets and more. They are uh, celebrating their 50-year anniversary of the World Series win in 1969. Keep in mind, from 1962 to 1968, the Mets were just flat-out bad and uh, averaged about 100 losses a season. And they wound up uh, making a little step in 1968 and then uh, winning the World Series in 69. So we'll chat with him a little bit. And we also have Susan Packard, author of a book called Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. Susan was on startup teams for HBO CNBC helped get the Food Network going. Also, one of the first couple of employees at HGTV. It became its COO. So she knows a few things. We're looking forward to having her on. And as always, we'd like to give away Duncan and Rita's and Wawa gift cards. We'll let you know how you can win that. Uh, if you uh, are part of the program through the end, we'll, we'll be dropping that in as we go along. But first, before moving forward, it's always nice to take a second and look back. This past weekend, we had a... Uh, a nice time. I don't know. I, I remember on Friday after the show, where the hardest working producer in Philadelphia said, "You know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to the ball game." Joe, you went to the Phillies game on Friday night. Yes, I did. I saw a great game. 
Beautiful evening, right? Yes, it was beautiful. Yeah, I was oh. behind home plate up high. Not you can't any foul balls come near you? No, no. Although every time there's a foul ball, I'm the first to say, I got it. <laughs> it's good. Well, start looking at me in about the fifth inning. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody clear out. Yeah, I was there too for a while. Uh, you, uh, Friday night? Yeah, I was there. Oh. I, I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to say, well, why don't we sit together? Because that would be kind of like, you know. It's... Well, I could cue you anytime you wanted to say something to someone else. In the, you know, yeah, that would be good. You. Would you have had special music in your pocket? I would have had it. <laughs> Who was that guy? Where's that music coming from? No, actually, I went down on behalf of the radio station because I cover the team periodically yes. for the show. That's right. And I'm not going to tell you what I learned, but I did learn that it's possible our radio station, WFIL, may be involved with a little bit of an event there before the season's out. Really? That's all I'm saying about that. Can you tell me more? You got that? With tickets? <laughs> I do that to my daughter all the time. Like, Come here, I got a secret. Daddy thinks that you always... He's like, Dad. <laughs> I always like make it indecipherable right when I get to the part about the what good I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, next day, our eight-year-old turns nine. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, little Theodore is now nine years old. Wow. She's been on this program a couple Several of times. Several times, and yeah. I know the rules. I'm not allowed to play the baby crying when you're doing your, your pun. The pun segment. No, yeah. well, the, the biggest thing that may have me crying is the fact that we finally gave in and uh, agreed to a dog. Ooh, well, I've had dogs all my life. What, what did you get? Well, we haven't gotten one yet. We uh, thought about two paths with the dog. Do you just say, here's the, go get one, and here's the dog we got for you? Or do you let the child be part of the dog selection process? Well, Have when, you, what did when you do? I was a kid, I, we've done it both ways, but when I was a kid, my parents took us right up here to uh, Plymouth Meeting uh, Shelter. And oh. uh, Pat, Pat, Mike, Danny, and I, and Kathleen, we all sat in front of this German Shepherd. Mom and Dad sat in front of a collie. We brought the collie home. But as an adult, I let my son, uh, you know, you know, Thomas, do you think this dog is the dog you want to bring home? Yeah. Yes, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I know what I would like if it's up to me. Uh. It'd be a dog that's basically like a cat, oh. which is small and just sits there. Right. I'm not a big dog guy. Uh, I, I am exactly opposite. Yeah, see, I, you have to come home. The dog has to start wrestling with you the uh, moment you get near the door. Even the thought of one more like creature needing attention starts to get me like, I don't want. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard of, it will grow on me. And oh, yeah. Considering it's been three years she's been asking, yeah. uh, including on our Trader Joe's shopping list. It was item 11 a while back. Oh, wow. Right between the Jozos and the Clementines. This is Theodora? Yeah. Theodora, think Golden Retriever. She snuck dog on the shopping <laughs> list. As though we would just... Oh, just no, pick, aisle seven. Yeah, pick one of those up. So that was that. Yeah, well, it was a wonderful time, and we're excited. We're grateful for the gift from God is what Theodora means. So we're very grateful for her. And the rest of the weekend we had... Actually, it was back at the ballpark Sunday. DJ had a, uh, a tent party. There's a local roofer who pays for all his employees to take in the game, have some food beforehand and uh, enjoy the music and then go do the game. So every year I do this this little party for them down at the ballpark. Wow. So that was nice. And then yeah. then our daughters had play, had softball games the rest of the day and came home and plopped down, sunburned, and exhausted. How about you? What was the rest of your weekend like after the uh, field? I cut the lawn. I uh, took uh, Bella out swimming. Nice. Uh, she's our golden retriever. Yeah. I met, a, uh, I met Max. He's a 15-year-old golden retriever. He wow. was swimming. That's like 700 for you and me. I know. 
according to Lauren Green from back I, yeah, in the Lauren day. Lauren Green, yeah. <laughs> it's 105, yeah. right? Seven years time? It's, 15 times seven. Yes. It's 105. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's I nice. asked him what he feeds them, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about dog foods and stuff like that. I think yeah. my next dog, no dog food. I'm going to just start feeding them, like, meats, uh, chicken. Wow. Salmon. That's that's very nice of you. Well, I think I, I think that food is so so cooked so poorly by these major companies that you know I mean in order to get them to be crispy and brown they have to power bake them at like eight hundred degrees, and that there takes the out nutrients. the nutrients. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at you being all healthy. What's up with that? Well, someone in the house has to be healthy. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> We have a short break we're going to take, and then we have Ron Svoboda coming on board. Did I tell you Ron was Ron, going to be- I didn't know he had a book. Yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. He he was redhead, told, right? It- he was the redhead. Ron uh, Svoboda was a redhead. Was he? I, I, I think he was. Well, the world was black and white back then. I couldn't that's tell right. with the that's photos, right. so I don't know if he was in your redhead. months TV. <laughs> that's right. Well, he's joining us in a minute, and I have never talked to him before, but I understand he's a very warm, engaging kind of character. So we're going to have him on, former major leaguer with the New York Mets. And this book, again, celebrating the 50-year anniversary of the Mets World Series win in 1969 called Here's the Catch comes out tomorrow. He'll chat with us. Also, Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership in Life. She was on startup teams for HBO and CNBC. Also, uh, the COO of HGTV. So she's joining us this hour as well. It's all happening here on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 414, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Our first guest on our swell program today, Ron Swoboda, former major leaguer, author of the brand new book, Here's the Catch, a memoir of the Miracle Mets and more, comes out tomorrow. Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Wonderful. Congratulations on the book. Yeah, man, this is a this is a wonderful thing. You know, uh, I did a fair amount of writing here as as a sports guy in New Orleans. Um, when I was finished broadcasting, I wrote for New Orleans Magazine. I wrote, I just wrote columns monthly on things New Orleans, and I always wrote my stuff when I was a sports guy. So. You know, I, I I had no idea what a book was, so I just started telling stories from my life growing up, um, obviously into my baseball career, and uh, and and you know worked with a wonderful guy named Jamie Malinowski who helped me put this thing together, and, and who could see a book in this big pile of writing I uh, I I had amassed. Yeah, yeah. Here's the catch, a memoir of the Miracle of Mets and more, releasing tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I'm curious, just if you could jump back for a second. When you started playing ball, this fascinates me. Did you start very young, or some people start when they're a little older? Uh, and, and when did you first seriously think, you know what, I could actually do this for a living? Um, you know, that came late. Uh, but my, you know, my, my growing up as a little leaguer back in a cap and T-shirt days, Yeah. Um, I was nine years old, the first organized uh, baseball that I played. And, and, you know, I just went out there, and I was nothing to be excited about. You know, I was just a kid out there playing. But I loved to play the game. I loved to practice it. Um, I loved to stand out in front of my house where we had an open field and gravel road and, and hit rocks into a field with a broomstick that my mother wondered, where the heck did the broomstick? 
go. You know, I had, I had right. taken a broom and sawed it off, and I'm hitting rocks with a broomstick, and you know, and having this kind of fun all by yourself. Yeah, uh, trying to trying to get better at this game, and and um, it, you know, it's all these little things and little times that you that you worked at it. I loved practice, and I needed to practice because I wasn't gifted. I didn't think as a player, but I put so much time into it. Um, you know, as, as a guy, I, I was a freshman at the University of Maryland when I, when I, I knew I could play a little bit because yeah. I had, at that point, done some things as an amateur where you go, well, I can play a little bit. They offer me a workship at Maryland. You know, they let you uh, clean the uh, dorm floors, and, and, and that paid for your books and tuition. And, and so I'm I'm I'm... I'm showing a little bit at that point. And then I played in a, a tournament in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Right. And, and you know, that AAABA tournament. And I had a great tournament with the Leone's Boys Club out of Baltimore. And, and that's when I think I opened some eyes because there were professional scouts there. And um, a guy that I had played for as an amateur in Maryland um, and who was a part-time scout for the Mets, and and Pete Gebrian, the the full time scout, they walked into my house and offered me thirty five thousand uh, dollars to play baseball, and that's when I knew I had a chance to play baseball. Okay, <laughs> that came out of the blue, and it was like, here it is. It may not be here tomorrow, you know. And my mom and dad made about twelve five between them, and and you know, the, the, I, I've always said the most dangerous place in the world for you would have been between me and that piece of paper <laughs> they wanted me to sign. Well, and you signed, of course, you joined the Mets who had had a, you know already had some losing going on. You joined them and were part of that for a while, but you got to see the sweet fruit of it in 1969, the big payoff. Uh, what are your memories of how things turned around that year and, and what the culture had been and where it went? Yeah, I was there for, you know, my first manager was Casey Stengel back in 1965. They kept four of us on the big league roster, including Tug McGraw, who wasn't a bad Philly, was he? Not at all. Um, oh, I love that man. I love that man. And and uh, he and I were roommates together and, and uh, rookies together in 65 with Casey Stengel. And, you know, we're losing 100 a year. You know, they should have put something on the tickets, you know, to to – <laughs> The effect that anything resembling Major League Baseball is, um, you know, purely coincidental. You know, they needed a disclaimer. Those teams were so bad. And, and we go from that to 1969, where this team, we know it's going to be better. How much better? Who knew? We'd won 73 games a year before, and we felt like we're going to be better, but we don't know what better is. And we got on a roll in June and won 11 straight games. After bubbling around 500, we reel off 11 straight wins against the California teams, you know, the, yes. the Giants, the Dodgers, and the expansion uh, San Diego Padres. And then we go, it finishes on the West Coast against those same teams. And all of a sudden, we've thrust ourselves into relevance, yes. you know, and, and that's when the Mets made the trade for Don Clendenin. And when Clendenin came, we were a little better offensive team with all those great arms like Tom Seaver and Jerry Kuzman and Tug and Nolan Ryan was on that team. And it, it, that's when things started to happen for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you've got plenty going on today. We appreciate your time. This is a little taste of what Here's the Catch, a memoir of the Miracle Mets 
and more will be like for folks releasing tomorrow. And we really appreciate your time. You had a couple of homers off of Steve Carlton also, I remember, in the game he struck out 19 <laughs> batters. So that must have felt amazing to, to hit him on a day where he was striking everybody out. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, that made no sense. When he was a Cardinal, he had great stuff. And, and this was a makeup game in St. Louis, a one-game series. We went in there just to try to make it up because we were in the hunt. And it was in August, and uh, Carlton had great stuff, had greatest stuff he ever had. I didn't hit him very well to begin with, but I had worked with Ralph Kiner in the batting cage that they had in St. Louis, and it was one of the first that they had in Major League Baseball. Baseball didn't have that equipment way back when, but the Cardinals had a hitting cage and a machine, and, and, and you could feed baseballs. And I asked Ralph Kiner, who was our broadcaster and a great right-handed hitter, in his day, would he come down and just look at me? And, and, and I took a little extra batting practice, and it was just one of those things where I felt like I got my wheels under me and yeah. Yeah. went against Carlton, and good grief, he's having the greatest day of his life. He strikes out 19 guys. It's a major league record. He strikes me out twice and has two strikes on me each time that I hit a two-run home run off of him, and we end up beating him 4-3 to three in a game where – He's got to figure, what in the world just happened to me? <laughs> Ron Sabota, we really appreciate your time, and I know you have a lot of stations to talk to. Uh, and thank you for taking time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. Maybe we can catch up again sometime during the season. I'd love to anytime, but thank you so much for having me. Our privilege. Have a great rest of your day. Same to you. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Ron Sabota, former major leaguer, played with the Mets, also a little bit with the Expos and the Yankees, and his new book coming out tomorrow. Here's The Catch, a memoir of the Miracle Mets. And more, 50 years ago, they won the World Series after having had so many years of futility and uh, wound up climbing to the pinnacle and knocking off the Baltimore Orioles that year. Uh, We have another special guest coming up in just a moment. Her name is Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life. Uh, But before we do that, I just want to insert a little contest here, something a little different, and we'll make it kind of fun and simple. If your name is... Ron. What's your name? Yes. Or perhaps Susan, who's our next guest. Ron or Susan, text me at 610-500-DOVE in the next five minutes and 60 seconds. And we'll hook you up with a gift card of your choice, $5.60. Just a little, little thank you for listening to Duncan, Rita's, or Wawa. You mean any Ron? Any Susan? Indeed, that's what I mean. Right now, at 610 500 dub. We'll start the clock right now. 610-500-3683. If your name is Ron or Susan, text me, and uh, we'll hook you up with a gift card to Duncan, Rita's, or Wawa, your choice. And speaking of Susan, we move right along to our next guest, Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life. Hello, Susan. How you doing? Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for taking time to Good. join the program. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Well, there's a lot we can talk about. I will tell you this, the phrase emotional fitness. Are you a sports fan by chance? I, I am. Okay. Yep, I am. Guilty as charged. Uh, you're allowed to be. Now, I understand you're from the Detroit <laughs> area or Michigan. Are you a Detroit sports yeah, fan? Yeah. It's, 
Yeah, and it's hard to be, especially it's hard to be a Lions fan <laughs> and a Tiger fan this time of year. Yes. But I still am. I'm still loyal. Okay. Well, I can tell you the first time I really had heard the phrase emotional <laughs> intelligence was I have worked in Philadelphia radio for many years and I covered the uh-huh. Eagles football team. Oh, okay. And when they, when they fired their head coach, Chip Kelly, the owner of the team, Jeffrey Lurie, said he was looking for a new coach that would have emotional intelligence. And the writers and everybody's mm-hmm. like, what? Are we looking for a babysitter or a nurse or are we looking, <laughs> you know, a guy who's going to yell at the players, you know? So uh, anyway, that's right. where first became on my radar. Of course, he winds huh. up choosing Doug Peterson, who leads into a Super Bowl championship. So the last laugh is on everybody else. Yeah, uh, that's right. What a brilliant move. Yeah. So tell us, price. well, tell us a little bit. We can get into that, too, and into your book, Fully Human. Um but maybe some of the stuff you've done first, because I know that led to the writing of the book, some of the experiences you had, uh, HBO, CNBC. Just share a little bit about your background uh, professionally and then how that led toward the book coming about. Sure. So my background is I've always been in media. The media part of the industry that I was in was cable programming networks. So um, HBO, I was, part of the beginning of HBO, not the very beginning, but still when it was somewhat nascent, and then um, moved over to NBC and helped to create a division that they called NBC Cable. And the first product out of that division was CNBC and um, was on the startup team for for that business, the sales side of the startup team. And then after um, six or seven years there, I ended up um, at HGTV. I was recruited by the gentleman whose idea it was, Ken Lowe was his name. He was working at EW Scripps. I had been working with his, that company, their cable program, their cable side. And so they, they knew of me and they mentioned me to Ken and one thing led to another. And so he hired me and I was the first, well, the second employee after him. Then we, you know, we hired a bunch of people and, uh, I became chief operating officer of that business, and um, I was there for, gosh, you know, 16 years. Wow. Wow. We're chatting with Susan Packard, Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL, com. That's kind of a, a neat story as far as being on the front end of all of those things. What, what I mean, is there a common thread that you saw, HBO, CNBC, HGTV, about things that you learn when you're first starting or you're not sure where it's going to go or if it's going to be a thing or, or any of those type of things? It's all of what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anytime that you're doing startup, you know, in my experience, you, you're really rolling the dice and, you know, nine out of 10 businesses fail, but I'm, I'm just one of those people that's made for building businesses. I'm not great at process. And uh, fortunately, I figured that out pretty early on. But when I'm um, in the process of helping to build something, I'm really all in. Hmm. And that's what was the case with HBO and then um, CNBC. And then we started MSNBC over there. And HGTV was the first of six cable programming brands. After that was Food Network and then several others after that. But as far as, you know, just the business side of things, one thing I learned is how absolutely critical it was to never take your eye off the consumer. When you're growing something and building it from scratch, you can never have too much input from your customer base that or your potential 
customer base. Hmm. And um, that was an important lesson for me to learn, which by the time I got to HGTV, fortunately, we, we were all on the same page with that. Chatting with Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life. She was on startup teams for HBO and CNBC, HGTV COO at one point, and uh, we'll continue our conversation in a moment. We also have one minute left. If your name is Susan or Ron and you'd like a free gift card to Duncan Wawa or Rita's, text me at 610-500-DOVE. Anybody named Ron or Susan. Whoa. Yeah. 610-500-3683, courtesy of Brenner Chevrolet. You have a minute to get yourself in there and... We'll get your address and send it out to you. Back with more in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 4.30 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast calling for clouds the rest of the evening. Uh, a couple of thunder showers and spots, maybe a shower here or there. 62 the low, rain overnight in the, uh, some spots again. And kind of cloudy to get the day going tomorrow, but sunshine by the afternoon and a high of 80. Phil's lost 4-3 to Cincinnati yesterday. They're home tonight against Arizona at 7:05. Jared Eikhoff on the mound for the Phil's. NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Boston over St. Louis yesterday. So that series tied up three games apiece. The deciding Game 7 at Boston Wednesday night at 8. Tonight, NBA Finals resume. Golden State Warriors at the Toronto Raptors. Toronto up three games to one. Nine o'clock tip there. Looks like Kevin Durant's going to be playing for Golden State. He's been injured for a bit. Eagles mandatory minicamp starts tomorrow. And apparently safety Malcolm Jenkins, who some folks thought might not report based on contract uh, contractual stuff. Uh, looks like he is going to be reporting part of the mandatory camp, which again starts tomorrow. We uh, have had a wonderful time so far this program, including a chat with Ron Swoboda, former major leaguer, author of a book called Here's the Catch, a memoir of the Miracle Mets. He was on earlier with us, and we currently are chatting with Susan Packard, who is author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. Susan was on startup teams for HBO, CNBC, I've Get the Food Network going, also one of the first couple of employees at HGTV, became it's COO. Uh, before the break there, you referred to the very important thing you had learned about don't take your eye off the consumer. What do the, do the listeners want? But also what do we mm-hmm. think they need or what would, what might they like? What mm-hmm. do we think is help, good for them? And so, you know, know, yeah. So had you had to go through some of the, that thought process as well? Yes. Um, we put together an actual um, call center which was very bizarre in that day to, it actually still exists, but, um, you know, other programming networks had, none of them had ever done anything like this, but we had to do a workaround because the cable operator was the middle person um, between us and the end viewer. Sure. And we wanted to be able to talk to the viewer. So they controlled that relationship. So we did this little call center and we put our phone numbers up and um, we got to talk to our viewers and they gave us fantastic feedback and, you know, great direction and guidance um, by telling us what they hated <laughs> as well as yes. what they loved. But at the end of the day, you still have to make your own judgments, of course, based on what you see, the, what the promise 
of the, the vision of the business could be. So it's really a mix of both. Yeah, we're uh, chatting with Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life. You just touched on something that, I, that is kind of on the front end of what emotional intelligence is, and I thought we could start with that, but I, I want to just you just peek ahead in the in the category of self-awareness. You had talked about, I think, uh, how seeking out negative feedback actually is much more productive in the end than everyone affirming you. So I, it sounds like you you learned that you know through those that feedback you were getting with the callers. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. They um, and they were happy to tell us what they hated. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, explain for folks who are, have heard the phrase emotional awareness and how that factors also uh-huh. into the fitness. Uh, you know, we can go down that path, but on a broad level, emotional. You know, what EI is? Okay. Yeah, so emotional intelligence is a workplace skill that came into being in the 90s. Daniel Goleman is, is considered the sort of the father of this idea. He was a psychologist and a journalist. And um, so emotional intelligence is defining it as it's basically two things. It's your own self-awareness of your emotions and managing them well. And then the second part of it is it's your ability to read other people's emotions and respond effectively to them. Okay. And in the workplace, you can see where that would really be critical. And what I did with my book, Fully Human, is I, I felt we needed a modernized and fortified version of emotional intelligence, yeah. which um, I call EQ Fitness. And the EQ Fitness idea was basically taking um, the, you know, EQ as we know it, but also factoring in two things. One, the fact that technology is now dominating the workplace. So how does that impact our relationships? And the second is that the national health picture today is, um, is disturbing in that there are, um, you know, over 40 million people that uh, have some sort of social anxiety disorder gallop does an annual poll every year of world the emotions around the world and they said for the united states even while their stock market roared more americans were stressed angry and worried Mm. than they have been in the whole past decade and of course we have the shootings and all of these um, tragic events that are going on 21 million people in substance abuse and growing so Anyway, looking at today's national health picture, I also felt it was really important to factor that in. And so I took those two kind of trends, if you will, and created EQ Fitness, which is, as I said, sort of this fortified version of EQ. And uh, it's three steps. And it's uh, something that I've used in my, you know, I, I kind of... In writing this book, I realized I'd been doing these things, but I didn't have a name for it. Yeah. So it <laughs> right. helped me to, yeah. Right. So that's how it came to be. It almost sounds like that self-awareness part of, of emotional intelligence where you step back long enough or pause long enough to really realize, you know, how am I operating or how – I think about that a lot with just I've been married for 22, 23 years now and – Sometimes I think, yeah, right. I, I know who I am. I know, I, you know, I, and it's like, maybe you come across right. sometimes a little differently than you really realize, and you should just be quiet for a little bit and contemplate that. So, right. yeah. Well, and so one of the things you mentioned uh, is that there's a gap between what we know about emotional intelligence and actually how we live. So 
Uh, maybe you could talk about that that aspect of how Fully Human helps readers, you know, bridge that gap. Right. Well, you know, I think it gets back to you can start with the first step, which is self awareness, and this kind of self awareness that I talk about in step one is something that I realized when I was thirty nine years of age. Yeah, I remember reading I was that. A chief, yeah, chief operating officer, hundreds of employees. That um, I had that. I had the second part of the definition down great, so I could read people and respond effectively to them. But that first part, which was my own self-awareness and my emotions, I realized I had been stuffing down and burying a lot of unsettled emotions for over a decade. And so I was at a place where I knew that if I was going to step up and become a better leader, that I needed to deal with this. And so I used kind of that paradigm of uh, EQ or um, emotional intelligence that helped me because it required me to pause, as you say, long enough to um, get in touch with what my values, my principles, whether what I was doing was uh, in alignment with my work and my life, all of these things that I just had not dealt with at all. And um, I just found myself in a place of vulnerability and um, really starting a process that I think most leaders go through, should go through, which is the inside part of becoming a leader. You know, the outer behaviors truthfully are, you know, you use your brain and your body all the time. You're doing all these meetings. You're running through airports. But the inner journey of the leader is really where the strength is required. Susan Packard is our guest, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. You mentioned the self-awareness part of emotional intelligence. There's, I guess, then what you do with it. Like I remember reading one part where instead of reacting, you respond. Like if mm-hmm. somebody – there's a big difference. But there's, there's words mm-hmm. are close, but there, there's a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is the kind of thing that, again, we're moving so fast, and when we're in jobs, you know, really, regardless of which industry you're in, time is like the enemy, right? So you want to keep moving fast and keep moving fast. So you start realizing that you're doing that in your whole life and you're not pausing long enough. And so responding versus reacting, you know, reaction is impulse and response is thoughtful. They do sound close. But in reality, the end result of the two is very different. Susan Packard, our guest, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life. If you'd like to win a copy, we have a couple of them up for grabs. Just text 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, your first and last name. And uh, the word, uh, oh, just fully is fine. Just the first word in the title of the book, Fully Human, or Fully Human, both words is not too much to ask. You can type out both words and we'll uh, draw from the entries to win a couple of copies of Susan's book. We'll chat with her a little bit more in just a moment after a quick break. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 443 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Feel free to 
Share the program with a friend. If you enjoy the show, you can catch a podcast of them at WFIL.com, typically within an hour or so after the broadcast is complete. Just so you know, we were uh, chatting with uh, Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. She's been on startup teams for HBO, CNBC, How Get the Food Network Going, also one of the first employees at HGTV, became its COO, and we're talking about this book that she's recently put out. Uh, one of the key things in the whole book the whole concept of EQ fitness, three main categories. Maybe we can just jump through those real quick. You have willingness, trust, and the we principle. So chat about the, the willingness angle, if you would, first. Well, step one, which is foundational to the whole thing, is willingness to become more self-aware, willingness to look under the hood a little bit and ask yourself the questions. Anyone who is an adult is you know interacting with um, others, and whether you're a leader or a worker doesn't really matter, you know, to ask yourself those questions of what are my values, what what's important to me today, am I in alignment with my values in the way I'm, that I'm living my life? So the deeper questions, you know, are you willing to stop long enough, re- take a review of your life and go through that and ask those questions and you know, I was finding myself in a place um, as I was. We were building HGTV that I I needed to slow down, and I needed to um, sort of feel the feelings that I'd been burying. And the thing that you know happens is in our culture, in the Western culture, this is how we're trained. We're trained to not feel our feelings. We're trained to just move ahead, be stoic, keep moving, march on. And while that means you may get a bigger paycheck, what it doesn't factor in is what it does to you as a human being and and the larger life that you're destined to live if you just listen enough to hear what it is you're destined to do. So, yeah, and um, I think you know if you read my book that – I did uh, mention that I'm in recovery from substance abuse. All of those things were happening that I had to come to terms with if I wanted to step up and to be a really effective leader. Yeah. So that's that's willingness. Willingness is a lot. Willingness, you know, it sounds like, oh, it's easy, but it requires a lot of courage for anyone to take an inventory of their life the way I suggest you need to. Yeah. So that's well, and clarify just for a second, too, if you just uh, folks just tuning in, we are with uh, Susan Packard, she, uh, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership and Life. She was a, a part of the startup teams for HBO, CNBC, second ever employee at HGTV, help with the Food Network and many other things folks would recognize. So you've lived a lot of life. You've seen a lot of things, a lot of wisdom to share. Uh, but the willingness part. So you could say, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stop, slow down. Get a piece of paper out, write things down, you know, get a cup of coffee, just chill out and some tea and think and take a season even to do that. But what are there other components to that, such as having somebody else you trust or other people you trust to yeah. speak into you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just really tipped the surface. Um, I have many chapters on tools for willingness in the book. Having someone else that's a partner with you on this journey is really important. It's hard to do alone, you know. It's hard to see yourself because you are yourself. You know, it's that, that loop. How can I really see? So having someone else, whether it's 
a therapist, a best friend, um, a counselor, a coach, you know, an executive coach. When I was at HGTV, um, I went kicking and screaming, but I got an executive coach. Our startup team wanted to have these two guys um, work with us, each of us. And so um, I said, okay, you know, you, you think that's important for all of us to do? And so, I mean, we had individual meetings, obviously. But so I had, I, I got a coach and um, I, I got a book. So a friend sent me this book and, and then it was the job itself wanting to bring to life home and what the values of home are. So all of it came together um, for me. But, um, yeah, having someone, whether it's one person, a best friend, whether it's a share circle or a group circle, um, you know, sometimes, like, new mothers will have their own circle or where they can just tell each other everything or book clubs where you tell each other everything. You know, just a safe place for you to, to share what's going on and not keep stuffing it down. Sure. Because that's a major source of why we're having the um, emotional health issues that we're having today is that people are not willing to release in healthy ways these things that they're feeling. The second of the three um, you know, main components of EQ Fitness in your book, uh, trust, which among other things you bring up right. the point that it takes two or I guess or more People, it's, it's a little different that, I mean, you have to obviously trust implies there's another person you are trusting or being trusted by. Right. Yep. And it's, it takes two to tangle with trust and it needs to be reciprocal. You know, what I, I do address in the book, the fact that, you know, I'm not um, Pollyanna about this, that we've all known plenty of people who are not trustworthy. And so they're not worth your time. Right. But, um, but building trust require some vulnerability, taking some initiative usually, and that's hard, you know, because what if somebody is not trustworthy or um, they don't trust you and you don't really understand the dynamics of that. But the reason to do it all (laughs) is because, in my experience, it is the most powerful workplace emotion there is because when you are in a trust relationship, you can move quickly with speed and focus and minimum human drama. Could you share? <laughs> and so, well, it was like if you could share, I know there was a story in the book about the CFO at HGTV and that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that email yeah. that you sent late at night and <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I understand that my experience before this one was not great with the financial people in the company that I was with the, um, before this one. Yeah. And Jim was a CFO and, um, we were doing our budgets for HGTV for the first year, and we had a midnight deadline um, to upload them. So I'm, you know, it's 1130 at night, and of course, you know, there I am, um, <laughs> going right up against that deadline. Sure. Sounds familiar yeah. uh, to people who know me. Anyway, um, so I did. I uploaded them, and then I looked at it, and I realized that I made an enormous mistake. And I thought to myself, this is going to cost my my folks people, my, the groups that work for me, um, a, a lot of money. And I, I, what do I do? Because it's already been uploaded, you know, it's gone. And if I had been in the former place, I would have, um, uh, well, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been that. pretty. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. So, so I called, um, the CFO, Jim, who was new to me, right. I'd only been working with him for six months and, um, 
I told him what had happened, and he just, without even pausing, he said, hey, Suze, how about tomorrow morning we get in early and we'll fix it together, and then we'll, um, we'll send him up. And, you know, just at that moment, realizing that I had a true partnership with my CFO was huge. Mm. And for anyone in a, a C-suite job, having a good, healthy, trust trusting relationship with your CFO makes all the difference. Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. Our guest, we'll wrap up our chat in just a moment on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 452 on the Tim DeMoss Show, wrapping up our conversation with Susan Packard, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life, the EQ Fitness you were discussing, Willingness, Trust, and lastly, the We Principles. Yep. Um, yeah, so We Principles are um, what in my, you know, in all of the study I did and um, interviews I did, all of that I've read, is really where great leaders step up to we principles. It's how they evolve. And what it, what it is is moving self aside to, um, for the greater good, whatever that greater good may be. So it's something that when a manager or anyone who's got people and is in charge, um, it's, it's easy to be self-focused. Um, that's sort of our natural inclination to be self-focused. But we principles ask that we are focused on this greater good and um, in, we are in service to something bigger and greater than ourselves. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and so we tried to do that and live that at HGTV um, um, with a number of initiatives and with our values themselves and with doing our best to model those values because, you know, the experience, anyone who's listening, if you're in a job and, you you know, you may have these great core values on your wall, but if your leadership's not living them, then they're just, they're not good for anything. They're, they're just, um, they're empty. Wallpaper, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, learn, and learning to shift uh, pride and ego, part of the, uh, part of mm-hmm. this, I know, and, and and how to be a leader. I mean, this is a, and, and what's cool, I, I should bring up here, and maybe you could also speak to this a little bit. You have, you know, CEO interviews about this. And uh, in the book mm-hmm. you have, this is not just, here's what Susan Packard thinks, but you, you know, you're, you're incorporating oh, right. a lot of wisdom from a lot of places that, you know, over the, over the years. Oh yeah. You know what? My first book was the same way. I, you know, when somebody suggested I write a book, I said, well, there's, I mean, there's not enough interesting material for me to carry a whole book. But if I interviewed, you know, other people, so yeah, both both of my books um, have leaders in them. And one final thing I didn't mention about we principles yeah. is that um, this idea of ego. You mentioned ego. Yeah. The leaders that um, live and practice we principles, it's not all selfless. I mean, we need plenty of ego when we're leading in commanding a room and, you know, managing people. It's just that these leaders have figured out the balance. They know when to trade those ego moments for those we moments. And it's part of wisdom. You know, it comes with life experience. It comes with humility and um, recognizing that, you know, you're really just one of many when it doesn't matter what level you're at in an organization. And one of the biggest problems we have today is EQ, back to that, what we first started talking about, 
when um, research looks at organizations, the people with the lowest EQ are in the highest jobs. And so um, that's another issue we have in, in, uh, today when we look at organizations. So it's leadership that is, we have voids in good leadership. We have a national health picture, which is um, worrisome and, and needs, we all need some help there. And then we have um, technology. So we're communicating through screens and, you know, how do we maintain our humanness in the workplace? Yeah. Susan Packer, been our guest, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. Any reader or audience most likely to benefit from the book? Well, I can tell you that, you know, I've spoken to, gosh, probably about 40 groups since it came out in April. I mean, excuse me, in February. And um, it's everything from, you know, business companies, organizations, to um, uh, two weeks ago I was at the Detroit Athletic, uh, excuse me, Detroit Economic Club. I spoke to the leadership at the federal government. Um, It's been a huge broad range of, of organizations that have expressed interest in upping their game when it comes to emotional intelligence. Okay. That's good. You cover a lot of ground, obviously, in the book. And it, it, on a side right. note, did, how long did it take to, to put this together? It's a, it's a lifetime in a way, but as far as actually putting in, in writing. Yeah. This one was about three years. Okay. Man, it's a long time. People don't sometimes realize to pick something up. It's like a lot goes into something. So it must feel really good to have it you know, out and available. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, thank you. Amber, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. You've asked some really insightful questions, and it's nice It's nice when, you know, somebody recognizes the work and the, the thought that goes behind a book, and so I appreciate that. Sure thing. Susan Packard been our guest, author of Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work, Leadership and Life. Appreciate your insight and taking time, Susan. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Tim. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Congratulations also to Jeffers who texted in and want a copy. I have one more copy to hand out. Quick text me at 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Type in the words fully human. We'll draw a random winner to pick up a copy. Looking forward to having new wave icon synth pioneer Howard Jones on the program tomorrow. His new album out. We'll chat about, among other things. In the meantime, Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Have a wonderful evening. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.